Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Avenue Church. We're so excited you guys are here. And just what Robert said, again, I want to thank you. If you're a first-time guest, we just want to welcome you this morning. And we have a lot of theatrics going on today, so be praying for our production team. They're doing an excellent job. Will you give a hand to the production team, the worship team? Oh, yes. And I, again, I apologize if it's cold, man. I apologize if it's freezing and it's a little chilly out, but we are getting the air turned down. Um, last, uh, last, Robert just said about growth track, and uh, just think about me. I'm under these rotisserie lights. It's going to be amazing. And so when I start sweating, don't be judging, bro, all right? But uh, next week, we have growth track, step one, but we also have those that graduated. And so if you place them up on the screens, we have those that graduated steps one through four here at growth track. And it's so great to, to see them serving today. They're shadowing. They're jumping into uh, some different areas today. And that's incredible because, once again, we don't want to use people to build this church. We want to use this church to build up people. So it's been extraordinary. It's been amazing for me to see those that are diving into their purpose. And they're, and they're making a difference, whether it's the chairs, whether it's in the kids' rooms. Wherever they're serving, they're making a huge difference. Also, this week, we had um, a lot of our young adults, our adults, we don't check ID, but they went to dedicate a conference at Betty Perez's church, and, and it was just an extraordinary time. I heard some awesome things. They got their wristband on, some great speeches, what, what happened uh, as well. So I'm just grateful that they are sponsoring church and that they are investing in our city, but also people from all around the country come to that conference every year. My wife and I, we've been taking students there for about 10 years, and it's always been an incredible conference, healthy, amazing, but a time to get filled up. Now, I wasn't there. I surprised my wife, went to North Dakota this week, and I just got to tell you, the temperatures were 66 degrees. Isn't that amazing? That's all right, huh? That's okay. So let's get into the message today. So the book of James, we're doing a series called This is Living Now, and I even see, we're probably going to have Avenue fans. What do you guys think about that? A little Avenue fans? Start fanning. But This is Living Now is our series, and last week we had the Do panel we had a Father's Day message. We had a great time with all the different dads that are up here on the stage, hearing from their, their perspective as well. But we're going to jump right back in to our series, the book of James. And so if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. We have Bibles that you can take, you can take uh, as your own. You, if you have an iPhone, you can jump on the... You can jump on the Uversion app. If you have an Android, don't bother. We're already going to be done by the time you load that thing. But the book of James is so practical, yet it's hard-hitting at the same time. That when you begin to read the book of James, there's five chapters. I encourage you, read through it this week. Read through it over and over again. Read through it with different translations. What's the best translation? The one you use to read. But read through that book of James. But it's so practical and so hard-hitting at the same time. Before I read the scripture, I want to ask you something real quick. Raise your hand if you are considered the favorite in the family. You are the favorite. Favorite son, favorite daughter. I see some family members kind of looking at each other right now, huh? Raise your hand if you're the favorite. All right, raise your hand if you're not the favorite. You're like the black sheep. They're proud of that, aren't you? I see that, huh? Like this, huh? What's up? Nobody <laughs> like that. Hey, those are Raiders fans. That's okay. But we want to be the favorite. We, we have favorites ourselves. We have those that we consider favorite. We always want to be liked and loved. 
not getting picked for a team. Nobody wants to be the last person. I was at my previous place of employment, and we were doing pick teams. I was a youth pastor, the guy in charge, and so I jumped myself in with the rest of the team, and we picked two team captains, and I'm standing there, and it boiled all the way down to me and a 12-year-old girl who's about 100 pounds for flag football. And I'm saying, there is something seriously wrong if I don't get picked over this tiny little girl. And of course, she gets picked, and I go to the team, and I had a bad attitude the entire time. So let's go to James chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to be reading through this today, and I'm excited for today's message. James chapter 2, verse 1 says this, My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? James is a pretty blunt guy. Have you ever had a friend like James? James just says it like it is. He's direct. He's not passive-aggressive. He will tell you what's going on. He says, how can you have faith if you favor people over others? For an example, suppose someone comes in your meetings dressed in fancy clothes, expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you could stand over there or else just sit on the floor. Well, this doesn't, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me. And this is the Word of God. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chose the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Hasn't God chosen the poor where we choose the rich? Hasn't God chosen the poor to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who would inherit the kingdom He promised to those who love Him? There's a key thing there. Who love Him. But, there's always a but, everyone's got a but, right? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. So here's James. He's breaking it down, but he's using another portion of Scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself, but if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For a person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be good today. It's going to be good today. Today's message is more about what happens to us when we judge. What happens to us when we allow favoritism to come into our hearts? That I believe it creates more pain inside of us. That after we think we're judging someone, we're going to begin to hurt them. And we're going to favor someone over someone else we're going to begin to hurt them. But I'm here to tell you this morning, when we have favoritism, when we judge others, we are really hurting more pain inside of us. So the title of my message today is, Don't Judge Me. Don't Judge Me. I've often said that when I go to get my third plate at the buffet and people look at me. How many know I'm talking about? Don't judge me. I exercise today. But I believe judgment hurts you more than it hurts others. I remember we kind of had a, uh, just an awesome opportunity for a, a family reunion in our youth ministry. And I, we reached out to some individuals we haven't seen in a long time. And we all kind of got together. 
And I remember uh, we were just having laughs and reminiscing about the past. And someone told me, they said, Pastor Jeremy, you're always so great. You're always so awesome. But you never liked me. I went, what? I mean, that was like a punch in the gut. I said, excuse me? They said, yeah, you never liked me. And I said, well, time out. I said, I like everybody. All right? I love everybody. But I said, there's no, there's no reason for me not to like you. For you paying the butt, maybe, right? But I never not liked you. And it made me realize how many years did they carry that judgment upon themselves. Dr. Tim Richards said this on judgment. He said, judgment is when you assume to know why someone did what they did or said what they said. It's when you assume to know why they did that or they're thinking that. That we must separate facts from presumed motive. Now, we don't like to be judged. Raise your hand if you'd love being judged. Like, judge me, come at me. No one likes to be judged in this room. But I'm here to tell you that we don't like to be judged, but I hear this scripture in the church world all the time. Matthew chapter 7. How many, raise your hand if you've seen the scripture before. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. How many have seen that before in the church world, in your Bibles? How many have heard people quote that, misquote it, misrepresent it? This is the scripture we like to use that we say, hey, don't judge me. Haters are going to hate. I'm going to do what I want to do. But the Bible says, if you judge me, God's going to judge you. Now, every time I read that scripture, I always thought it was, I can't judge others because then God will judge me. But it goes on to say, we've got to read the entire verse. It goes on to say in verse 2, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, hey, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your own friend's eye. What this scripture is telling us that it's easier to see the speck in them and not the log in us. It's easier for us to judge them, but I'm not going to judge myself. And I know I've been there. There's been moments where I don't judge out of hatred, but I assume. And that assumption, i got to grab that right back and say, I need to change my perception. I need to change my mindset. Judgment actually hurts us more than the person we're judging. All right, this is uh, Rachel in the front row. Rachel, kind of wave your hand. Rachel, Rachel's in the front row. I really like your sandals, and uh, you have some nice toes, very nice toes there. Nice toes. Now, I use that as an illustration because two things automatically happen. Number one, Rachel got really right in the face. I love you, Rachel. But number one, Rachel's thinking, why is he picking on me and under 200 people in this room? Why is he doing that? The second assumption is, the rest of you guys, you're going, why is he picking on Rachel? I mean, does he have something about feet or shoes or why is he doing that? What is wrong with this guy? And I'm here to tell you, I'm only doing that as a sermon illustration. Why? It's a fact. It's not an assumption. You could assume Pastor Jeremy's got a thing with feet. Does he like sandals? Is he just picking on Rachel because she did something to him earlier in the week? No. But I'm doing it because I want to separate the assumption from facts. 
The fact is, I'm just using her as an illustration, but we have all these assumptions that automatically come to our mind. There's always fact versus assumption. Assumptions brings junk. Facts brings clarity. Assumptions brings confusion, but facts brings clarity. That Jesus said you will have trouble. This world is amazing because people are in it, but this world is tough and hard because people are in it. It can be a very difficult place to be, but I want to know that even when bad things happen, we begin to judge ourselves. The biggest enemy is enemy. We're the hardest people on ourselves. I don't need you hating on me because we got to see ourselves the way God sees us. I remember my wife and I were going through a difficult time, and it was just one thing after another. And I sat, I remember we were sitting in the car, and I turned to my wife, and I said, why is this happening to us? And I literally said this, I know I'm not living in sin. Are you living in sin? Are you being disobedient? Are you doing wrong things? I have some friends of ours. They're going through a trial right now. They're out of state. They're in the ministry. And just walking through this trial after trial, going, why is this happening? Why is this occurring? It's nothing they've done. It's something that goes beyond who they are. But it's just tragedy after tragedy. And even this week, they said, I, I, are we in rebellion? Are we, are we doing something wrong? Is God mad at us? Is he upset with us? And I want to really begin to share today that it's our nature to assume why. But I really want to break the ice and tell you that God's only motive is love and good. God's only motive is love and good. There is no evil in our God. God's not saying, because you're doing that, I'm going to punish you. What our God's doing is you're living in darkness. I have a place called light. I have a place called life. Let's step you out of darkness and into the light. But if you're living in the light, you're doing all that you know. You're being obedient to the things of God. You're serving. You're doing what all that you can do. I want you to know God has good intentions for you. God is, will get you out of this trial. He will get you out of that tribulation. And he will set you free in that circumstance. Amen. But I want to break that. Don't think it's because I'm living in sin if you're not living in sin. So there's four quick things. I'm going to go quick. This is going to be record-breaking due to this. It's so cold in here, isn't it? So four things. To fight judgment. To fight favoritism. Write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, value people. Value people. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking others as better than yourselves. If you, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, if you begin to see others as better than yourselves, you're not going to judge them. You're going to love them. Humility means to consider others better than yourselves. See, it doesn't take humility to treat others better than ourselves when we value that person. It is easy. When I value you, it is easy for me not to judge you. But if I don't value you, it gets a little harder. Now, have you ever seen that woman in the grocery store? Perhaps she's by herself and she has a, a baby in the, in the, in the um, shopping cart. Maybe she's got two or three kids that are rambunctious all over the place, knocking over stuff. 
the baby's crying in that cart, and as you stroll by her, you automatically think, man, if she doesn't get her children in gear, she's not even listening to them. She's not even paying attention to them. Her kids are all over the place. If I could just have her children for five minutes, I will lay hands on them, and they will be well in Jesus' name. I will discipline them. I will make sure they will be upstanding citizens in the United States. But what we don't know, because that's our judgment, that's our assumption, but what we don't know is that what, what her upbringing was. We don't know. We begin to think, that she grew up maybe in an abusive home. Maybe she never had role models in her life. Maybe she never had parents who disciplined and showed her the way. Maybe when she was growing up, she had no means to, to get food, and so she had to get a job, and her entire paycheck would go back into the household. Maybe as a way to escape from, from parents, maybe that perhaps were enabling themselves through their children. In order to escape, she had to find someone and move in with someone. Therefore, when she moved in with them, she got pregnant and had these children and that individual. Maybe he left her and maybe she's all by herself. Maybe she walked to that store in this 120 degree heat. Maybe she's at a place where she's exhausted. She has no idea where her next money is going to come from. But when our, when our perception begins to change, when we begin to value people the way God values them, we begin to see them through God's lenses. We begin to see them through God's eyes because we don't know we don't know what God knows. We don't see what God sees. And we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. We say, you know what? I'm going to buy her groceries right then and right there because that's what we do at Avenue Church. I'm going to make sure she gets through it. I'm going to pay that balance. I'm going to love her. I'm going to see value in her. I'm going to have a conversation with her. I'm not going to go around her, but I'm going to go through her, and I'm going to love her. See, every person is the way they are for a reason. Know their story and you will find compassion. Amen. Our grace goes up when our judgment goes down. We can devalue people. First Samuel chapter 16, it says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. God doesn't see the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Let's look beyond the outward appearance and let's look at the heart. If we begin to see value in people the way God values them. I asked for a $100 bill today, and this is 100 bucks. How many would like $100 this morning? You would love 100 bucks. If you're not raising your hand, I'm judging you totally, all right? I have $100, and this is a nice $100 bill. It's got the stripe down the middle, so it's newer, it's fancy. And, and this $100 bill holds the value of hundred bucks. But if I take this hundred dollars, if I mess it up a little bit, if I get it dirty, if I put it under my shoe, if I lick it, which would be disgusting. But if I did this, because I don't know where this hundred bucks came from. Maybe it was used for uh, a transaction at a grocery store. Maybe 50 or 60 different people touched this dollar. Maybe it was used for drug money. Maybe it was used for uh, something like to buy an Android, which is, I would, I, I, that's almost, you know, I might not keep this hundred dollar bill. There's different ways this $100 bill was used, but now it's dirty, it's disgusting. If I found it in the middle of the road, I don't know if I would pick it up, but no matter how it looks like from the outward appearance, no matter how dirty, no matter how disgusting, it still holds a value of $100. How many want this $100? You don't get it. I'm going to keep it for myself. Yeah, that's yours. 
I borrowed it from Monica because I'm a church planner. <laughs> the condition changed, but the value stayed the same. I want you to grasp that. The condition changed, but the value stayed the same. Same as you and same as everyone else. That no matter what, we all have value. No matter where we've been, or uh, no matter who's handled us, no matter where we've been, we still hold the same value. Valuing people isn't your value on people, but valuing people is valuing, valuing them the way God does. That went a lot better when I typed it down. Should I say that again? Valuing people isn't your value on people, but valuing people is valuing them the way God does. So number one, value people. Number two, Accept people. Accept people. Romans 15, 7. Therefore, accept each other as Christ has accepted you, so God will be given the glory. When we accept others, God gets all praise, and God gets all the glory. But here's a thought. Here's a big win for our church, because everyone looks different. Everyone's not the same, but we hold the same value. Here's a big win for our church. If you look around our church, we've been around for almost five months now as a church. God's doing incredible things as a church. But if you look around our church, our church is a preview of heaven. You see all different sizes. You see all different color. You see all different backgrounds here at Avenue Church. Will you celebrate that for a second with me? I'm going to try that one more time. Because although we look different and we sound different, we're still united together. So here's a big win for our church. At Avenue Church, you see different cultures. You see different ages. You see different skin color. And we still love each other as Christ loved us. We need to start accepting people. I'm here to declare that let us stop judging and start loving if we look into our world today, you begin to see assumptions is leading to death and murder. You see assumptions dividing friendships and families. You see assumptions are beginning to kill our culture. But at Avenue Church, we don't change things before we find acceptance. Jesus accepted before he corrected. I gotta say that one more time. Jesus accepted before he corrected. There's a woman caught in adultery. She throws to Jesus' feet, and Jesus accepts her, and he stands on her behalf, and he says, He who without sin may cast the first stone. They stand around and go, I'm pretty jacked up. So they drop their stones from the oldest to the youngest, and they leave. Then Jesus said, I accept you, but go and sin no more. Our acceptance brings love and grace, but correction. There's a demon man that came to him, and he came to Jesus. Jesus accepted him, and he said, will you cast out these demons? The demons said, we know who you are. Take us to these pegs, and Jesus said, come out. That, that, now that demon-possessed man sat at the feet of Jesus and began to learn from his teachings. Loving the sinner doesn't mean we approve the sin, but we accept people as they are. When we accept them, we love others through change. We love others to say, you're in death, let's take you to life. There's a better way to live, and that is through Jesus Christ. Number four, so number one, excuse me, number three, number one is value people, number two is accept people. Number three, forgive people. Forgive people. If we don't forgive, we will grow in bitterness and sick in judgment. 
Now, here's what Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 says. This is what Jesus says. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. That is where we begin to see, if we don't forgive those, that God cannot forgive you. That it's important to forgive others. Forgiveness, now listen to me, forgiveness is not a restoration of trust. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. But forgiveness is allowing, forgiveness isn't approval, but forgiveness is allowing that hurt and pain to be removed from your heart. Yeah, I spend a week in North Dakota with those beautiful temperatures, and we had um, nine nieces and nephews that were under the age of seven, and one uh, nephew smacked the other nephew, just went, hey, I went, wow, that's amazing, you know what I mean, wow, just incredible, and so I went to the nephews, and I said, hey, listen, I need you, I need you to say sorry, okay, I'm sorry, and I need you to forgive him, I forgive you. That little transaction happened right? Because I'm trying to teach them. We're trying to teach them, you know, respect, try to teach them, you don't just pop somebody. But because one nephew said, I forgive you, doesn't mean you can hit me again. It means I forgive you, I'm going to move on, but now I have my eye on you. It doesn't mean I'll never forget, but it means I will forget and forgive, but I'm going to move on in healing in my own life. It's, release, it's releasing the weight of judgment off of them, eliminating pain from your heart. Jesus himself is on a cross. He's dying for our sins. He didn't have to be up there, but he's on that, on that cross for our sins. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What an example that we have in this day and age, that people are chastising us, bruising us, whipping us, crucifying us, and we say, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because more often than not, hurting people hurt people. When I'm feeling that on someone's life, I automatically say, what healing do they need? What does God need to touch in their life? Because it's not really about me. So worship team, when you jump your way up here, I'm doing okay up here. I'm a little, little sweaty, but and here's the last point I want to challenge you with today. Number one, it's value people. Number two is accept people. Number three, it's forgive. Forgive others. And here's my last point. This is my challenge for today. My last point is we have to get close to people. We have to get close to people. Now, I know some of you in your seats are going, ah, I don't know, Pastor, because we've been hurt by people. That seems like anytime we expose our armor, we expose our emotions, we can be, begin to expose who we are, that's when we truly get hurt. We have a human tendency to close up and say, I don't think so. That will not happen again. Happens once, shame on you. Happens again, shame on me. And I'm here to encourage you this morning, that is not a godly mindset to have. I want to challenge you today that once you get close, everything begins to change. I know it's easy to isolate yourself I know it's easy to say, if I just lock myself up away, no one can hurt me again. Now I want to challenge you that if you're not getting your heart broken, you're not giving your heart away enough. And that's a hard statement to say. I've been in ministry, I've been in relationships, I've been in friendships, I've lived with people. 
And the more my heart gets broken, the more I say, God, heal it and continue to use it. Continue to use my heart. Continue to use me to make an impact. Isolation is breeding ground for judgment. It leads to more criticism. It leads to more pain and judgment. That here at Avenue Church, we're going to intentionally press into relationships. I encourage you. Here's my shameless plug. Join a group when we launch in August. Here's my shameless plug. Join Growth Track. Get together on an A-team. Serve together. Do the chairs. Do Avenue Kids. Do anything that you can to start doing life with individuals. If you don't want to do a group, if you don't want to do Growth Track, swap some numbers with people and say, let's have dinner. Let's do a double date. Let's do something. Let's get our families together and let's begin to get close to people. Now, we talked about Matthew chapter 7. It said, don't judge, therefore you'll be judged. But Luke chapter 6 kind of gives a nice parallel. Help me wrap this all up. This is what it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It says, give and you will receive. So we see the scripture a lot with giving, right? Hey, we got giving boxes. We got text to give. The Bible says, give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaking together, making room for more, running over, pouring into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. That is a true principle that when we give, we will receive. When we sow, we will reap. But I also want to understand that the judgment you give is the judgment you reap. The judgment you give will be pressed down, shaken together, and poured over into your lap. That if we treat others with generosity, we'll begin to sow generosity. If we treat others with love, we'll begin to sow and reap love. See, the closer I get to you, the less I begin to judge you. I'm going to sow love And I know that I will reap love. It doesn't matter if it happens next week, next year, or 10 years down the road. I will reap love because I will always love you. So love, begin to reap love. We got to get close to people. We got to get close to people. There's some bad ground, and I understand that. There's some ground that if you begin to sow, you will not reap. But we got to have discernment with that. We gotta take a chance, we gotta take a risk. That there's people in your life that are close to you, but far from Jesus. I'm gonna close with this story and go ahead, worship team, give me some, some music so I feel spiritual when I tell this story. <laughs> well, I have a friend of mine, he's a pastor. And his story is similar to mine. We were both youth pastors. As God began to bring opportunity, associate pastors and now leading a church. And as a youth pastor, you begin to encounter all different types of students, all different types of walks of life. And he told me he had a group in his home, just a small group of teenagers. And there's this one lady, this one girl, one teenager, that was giving her parents all kinds of trouble, all kinds of issues, wouldn't listen just rebellious. And the parents had that emotion. Hey, we, we, we tried all that we can do. You pastor, will you fix our kid? We, we're going to force your, our kid into your group. We had enough. I don't know what our other options are. How many know what I'm talking about, right? Just have them. Just take them. 
And so he brought this young lady into his group. And he said instantly he could tell the rebellion. He could just tell she was, she was angry, upset. And he even said, you know what, i got to be cautious. Is, is she, she going to be a sheep or is she, is she going to be a wolf in sheep's clothing? Is she someone that's going to just disrupt this entire group and make it divided? Or is she someone that we can love and someone that can be a part of our group? And he said as he was making that thought, that notion, the other ladies in that group said, Pastor, we want her to stay. Pastor, we're going to get close to her. Pastor, we're going to love her. We're going to accept her. And we're going to walk through life with her. And he said that happened about 15 years ago. He began to watch this young lady as she began to get involved in church as the walls began to come down because they accepted her, because they valued her, because they forgave her. Time and time again, she would do something. they say, come back in. If we forgive, we accept. And they got close to her. My friend told me he went to a, a church plant in Florida. It's called Action Church, and it became the largest East Coast church plant with over 700 people. And he said he saw the numbers, he saw the, just an incredible plant, but he said he couldn't get his eyes off the front row because he saw that same young lady who was in his group, and she married a man named Pastor Justin, and together they launched a church called Action Church. And he told me tears were coming down his face. He told me how excited he was. He didn't see anybody else but that young lady at 12 or 13 years old walking into that group, and he said, what if we didn't accept her? What if we didn't get close to her? What if we allowed her to hurt us, but we still kept her coming? That's the Savior that we serve. That's the Jesus that we have. That I want to give grace because he's given me all the grace that I need. God has every right to say, Jeremy, no. You don't get to do this and you don't get to do that. I'm so grateful we have a God in heaven. And that's exactly where we're at today. So here's my challenge for you today. Is that together as a church, we're going to value people. We're going to value them. No, there is no prerequisites. There is no standard except you're breathing and I love you. I have value over your life. I value others. I accept others. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to do life with others. I'm going to get close to those and begin to allow Jesus to heal that wound you have in your heart of that hurt and that pain to say, I forgive. Heal my heart. If you're here today, i got to be honest with you. It is hard to love people but you don't have Jesus living in your life. I got to tell you, I'm being transparent. Where I'm not that impressive without Jesus. But if you're here today with every eye open, every head up, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I just want you to go like this. Put a hand up, put a hand down. Because we want to celebrate with you, but it's going to help you to go on a journey called faith. Go on a journey with Jesus Christ. Allow him to heal your heart. Allow him to put purpose in your life and allow him to use you to make a difference. If that is you, just put a hand up and say, I want to accept Jesus into my life. Just put a hand up for me today. Just put a hand up for me today. I'll try to go quick. Every week, we will always give 
an altar call presentation. Thank you. Thank you. We want to help you find your next step. But if you're here today and you say, I'm going to take your challenge. I'm going to single every single person out here today. We're going to go into one more song. But if you take the challenge to value people, to accept others, to forgive, I know forgive's a big one. I know you got to allow that pain out of your heart and say, I forgive. Forgiveness is not walking up and saying, Monica, I've hated you for 10 years. Will you forgive me? That's not forgiveness. That's placing pain and a dagger in her heart. Forgiveness is saying, Jesus, I forgive them. They'll have power over me. I will no longer carry that burden or that pain in my life. And the last one is, I'm going to get close to people. If you're willing to do those four things, will you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to know more details, you can visit our website at avenuechurch.cc or follow us on social media at Avenue LV Church. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.